What's up, everybody? Andrew Cooper here, and we are back for another one-hour psychotic breakdown of another division. And I'll tell you what, man, I I love doing these these shows. I love doing these articles because it gets me ready for what's next in the process, which is free agency. You know, everybody wants to jump ahead and look at the rookies and and start talking about the combine and stuff, but the combine isn't until the end of the month, and the draft isn't until the end of April, right? Like we're going to hit on all that stuff in due time. Right. We're going to take care of free agency first, get our house in order. Free agency, the, the legal tampering period opens up less than 30 days after the Super Bowl. Right. We're we're officially 30, 31 days right now for free agency. So we got to hit on all this stuff and we're going to be ahead of everybody else because we're going to hit the free agency. Then we're going to hit all the prospects before the draft and we're going to have it all. We're going to have it all here. So today what we're doing, NFC East. That's the move, baby. Uh, Anthony, what's up in the chat? What's up? Everybody popping in. Thank you for coming to hang out. NFC East, what we're doing today. And here's what we're going to do. I've got articles up on all these teams. And we're going to go through and look at each team and who is locked into contracts, who is a free agent, who might not be back, who might step up. How do we take advantage in Dynasty? And I'll pull up the first chart here. I've got some charts uh, kind of as a uh, as a tool to help us out here. What I did on these crudely made charts is I've got guys color-coded based on what my thought process is and where they're going to be. If uh, if a guy is white on the chart, that means they're an unrestricted free agent. They could be back. They could be gone. If they're green, that means not only is their role safe, their, their roster spot safe, but their role is also safe. C.D. Lamb is under contract, and he is the wide receiver one of the team. If a player is yellow, that means I think they're going to be on the team, but we don't know for sure if their role is safe, right? So like a Brandon Cooks, we don't know if he's going to be the wide receiver two or not. And then the red guys, those are the guys who could be traded. They could be released. So that's what we're doing here. We're going through, we're breaking it all down. And we're talking about how we can take advantage in Dynasty. Because right now is when you can sneak in and grab one of these guys. We'll grab a couple of these guys because we don't know who's going to be cut, who, who's going to be moved around. You can get a big advantage. You can also trade away guys. Now, everyone's thinking about rookies and they want to get picks and stuff. You can make a lot of moves here. So that's what we're doing, baby. Uh, Dak Prescott, first one we're going to talk about. Dak is in an interesting situation because obviously they lost, but Dak had his best season ever. I mean, even in the game they lost, I know he put himself in a hole with the turnovers and the interceptions. That's why he had to throw for 400 yards and three touchdowns, but he still threw for 400 yards and three touchdowns. Like Dak statistically had his best season and they have to pay this guy. His, his contract is huge. So they either have to move on or they have to essentially give him a big deal I honestly think they do give him a crazy deal. The question is, is it going to be a Joe Burrow level deal or is it going to be something that is at least a little team friendly to some degree to help them make the moves they need to make? I don't know for sure, but I think Dak's pretty locked in. And if he's not the quarterback for this team, he's going to be a quarterback for another team. So you, Dak is a great asset to have in fantasy football, in my opinion. And he's at a discount compared to some of these other guys. I mean, statistically speaking, he was like the he was a QB three in fantasy football this year. So Dak Prescott, I'm in on. After him on the depth chart, you got Cooper Rush and Trey Lance. I honestly think, you know, I have them read because they could be released fairly easily, but I think they keep them both, to be honest. I think you keep Cooper Rush as the backup quarterback and you keep Trey Lance as not only the developmental option and potential, you know, well, let's see what happens long term Hail Mary throw because of his, his athleticism, but you can also keep him around to mimic some offenses with mobile quarterbacks, right? You play against Jalen Hurts twice a year, don't you? Good to have Trey Lance there to run that scout team. It's nice, right?
right? I mean, Daniel Jones is pretty mobile, and who knows what Washington's going to do with quarterback. So you want to have that guy available, plus with the new rule where you can have a third QB that doesn't have to be on the active roster but can play in an emergency, I mean, it makes it just so easy to, to keep three guys around. So Cooper Cuff, Cooper Rush, Trey Lance, I think they'll be fine. They'll be around. No reason to go elsewhere. At running back, there are decisions to be made. Obviously, uh, as Anthony points out in the chat, Tony Pollard, free agent, unrestricted free agent. They're not going to tag him again because it would be very expensive. So here's my thought process on this. If you were going to bring back Tony Pollard, you just bring back Tony Pollard. You don't sign any of the other mid-range guys that are that are at the Tony Pollard level because you would just sign Tony Pollard if you're going to do that, right? So they're either going to go all the way big and bring in a Saquon Barkley or bring in a, uh, you know, Josh Jacobs, if they truly think those guys are better than Pollard, or they're going to go down lower and and piece it together with cheaper options, right? Or or maybe they'll draft somebody, you know. But I'll tell you this: I'm not super. You know, Rico Dowdle is an unrestricted free agent. Uh, I'm not sure they're going to bring him back here. Or sorry, they're a, he's a restricted free agent, but it would cost him like three million to pick up that tab. So I think he, you know, he's going to end up elsewhere. And then Deuce Vaughn, he's a fun story. His, you know, it's cool that his dad is like one of the scouts, but with his size, he's he's never going to be a full-time every down back. He's very small. So, uh, you know, I think that in this case, they're either going to draft somebody or, hey, you know what, Anthony, that's an interesting point. Maybe they do. If they can, if you can, if Tony Pollard wants a lot of money and you can get a Derrick Henry or an Austin Eckler or one of these older guys for cheap, that would be cool, man. That would be cool. But you have to get them to sign for cheap. And both of these dudes have been fairly outspoken in saying that running backs deserve to get paid more money. So I'm just not sure you're going to be able to get Derrick Henry to, to take a discount. Right. Uh, but Jack, that's an interesting point. I kind of, it would be cool. I mean, this team is competing now. Those are the kinds of teams that should be signing Derrick Henry and Austin Eckler and these guys that teams that are in a win now situation in the Cowboys, you know, their window to win is open right now. So those are the kind of moves. CeeDee Lamb, we know, super mega star. He's locked in. He's on a rookie deal. He's the wide receiver one. He got 180 targets. Like, he's good to go. After that is where the decisions need to be made. Brandon Cooks came in, had arguably his worst season ever. Only like 650 yards. Didn't quite mesh with what they were doing. And I'm. you have to wonder, I mean, he's not crazy old, but he's above 30. You have to wonder if he's the guy. You know, Michael Gallup couldn't really even hold down the third wide receiver spot. He was rotating with Jalen Tolbert. And I don't think Jalen Tolbert is going to take a massive leap this year and all of a sudden be a high-end wide receiver too either. So now you have to ask yourself, does this team go out and get another wide receiver too to be the guy opposite CeeDee Lamb? The draft is probably the way to do it. We know Jerry Jones loves that. So maybe they do go through the draft. If they were going to try and do it in free agency, I mean – you know, you're talking like, uh, yeah, I mean, they're not going to pay up for T. Higgins or Mike Evans or Michael Pittman or any of those guys. DJ Chark's probably the next best, you know, uh, split end, but he's is he's not better than, than Brandon Cooks or Michael Gallup. And then, you know, it's like Calvin Ridley's out there, Marquise Brown. I'm not sure, man. I, I'm just not sure free agency is the way to go for this team, especially with their cap situation. I think the draft is the way to go. What's up, Mile? Hi, Luke. Thanks for popping in, brother. Happy Friday, man. Yeah, so – that's how I look at it, man. Kevontae Turpin is fast. He's more of a return man, field stretcher. And then, you know, like Jalen Brooks, David Durden. David Durden, he had an uphill battle as it stood as an unrestricted free agent, and then he tore his knee up. So 
he could easily, I mean, he could be cut for guys like that. Any of the guys that are undrafted free agents or, or signed from the practice squad, just know that those guys can be released for like nothing. So even though they're under contract, like David Durden needs to make this team from scratch. You know, he can, those guys can often be released for like $900,000 in savings, which, you know, in, in the NFL isn't all that much, but almost a million dollars in savings and only, you know, like 10 K in dead cap. So Jalen Brooks, David Durden, they need to make the team from scratch. I think this team should, should draft somebody. That's why we're for free agency at wide receiver. Not really a huge, uh, Huge move there. Yeah, and Michael Wilson is under contract. But Hollywood Brown, I mean, that's interesting. But, again, this team, when you look at the cap space right now, uh, they're they're actually 14 mil over the cap. So they need to work out a ex- long-term extension with Dak Prescott that pays him a lot of money and also eases the cap hit. It's entirely possible. But that's what they would need to do to bring in, like, a Calvin Ridley or a Marquise Brown or a T. Higgins or something like that. Uh, at tight end, you know, Jake Ferguson, uh, you know, I haven't been a massive Jake Ferguson fan, but his his job is pretty safe because you look around and the best free agent tight end is Dalton Schultz. And if they wanted Dalton Schultz, they could have had Dalton Schultz. They're not going to go out and bring him back all of a sudden. After that, it's like Hunter Henry and, and Gerald Everett and Noah Fant. Those are kind of lateral moves. So do you go out and make a lateral move for an unknown that you have to teach the plays to and everything, even while Jake Ferguson is under contract? I don't think so, man. So the only way Jake Ferguson is getting supplanted is if they go and draft a high-end tight end like Brock Bowers or, or Jatavian Sanders or something. But, like, why would they do that? There's no, there's really no need. So Jake Ferguson, for fantasy purposes, it's actually pretty simple. If you think that this team kind of just rolls what they have and CeeDee Lamb and Jake Ferguson are the top two targets on the team, you like Jake Ferguson. You're going to acquire Jake Ferguson. If you think that this team is going to add a second pass catcher or a wide receiver too that's going to be ahead of Jake Ferguson on the pecking order, then you want to trade Jake Ferguson away. Honestly, it could go either way, but right now, he, you know, he feels like a fairly safe asset, I guess. You know, he's the kind of guy, Jake Ferguson, when you look at comparable players, right? It is Dalton Schultz, it is Austin Hooper, it is Hunter Henry. In fact, he's a little bit slower than Austin Hooper. These guys, when they get a lot of targets, they can be fantasy relevant, be high-end fantasy players. I guess the, the high-end comp would be. Uh, Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz runs a 4.74. Jake Ferguson ran a 4.81. So you look at Zach Ertz, and when he gets peppered with targets, which he had multiple seasons with 100 plus, he had a season with 150 targets. He only had one 1,000 yard season at 28 years old because he's not particularly fast. He doesn't run high A dot routes, doesn't have a ton of yak, you know. So that's what you're looking at for Jake Ferguson. His ceiling is capped to some degree because he's not fast the way Evan Ingram is or George Kittle or uh, Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts had over a 1,000 yards on 68 receptions. Jake Ferguson this year had 71 receptions. He had just over 700 yards, right? So that's the deal with Ferguson. If you think he's going to get peppered, you like him, especially in full PPR. In If you don't think he's going to, then you move him. That's it, man. Uh, Luke Schoonmaker, he's green on here because his job is safe. It's safe as a blocking tight end. Luke Schoonmaker, if you can trade him in your dynasty leagues, I would. He was used to block on over 20% of his pass plays. That is not good. That's not a good sign. That's that's how the, you figure out who's going to go down the Drew Sample path and who's going to go down the uh, you know the Mark Andrews path. Where Mark Andrews as a rookie played like 40% of the snaps, 35% in fact, but he was used as a wide receiver. Isaiah Likely right now, even as a backup tight end, only plays wide receiver. Whereas Luke Schoonmaker as a backup tight end is blocking on a huge number of pass plays. It is possible for him to be fantasy relevant, but he has to take the Dallas Goddard path, 
where he's like has to be such a good blocking tight end and then prove that he's a good enough pass catching tight end that they make him the full-time tight end. It's a very difficult path to go through. We've seen it happen, though. It takes a while. Dallas Goddard worked for him. Uh, you look at um, Delaney Walker behind Vernon Davis. I mean, it took him until he was 30, but when he finally got a, a, a chance with the Titans, he was great. Uh, Martellus Bennett had some years where he was a blocker early on and then became a guy. So that's the path for Schoomaker. I'm not trying to wait on that. So I'm moving him, dude. If you can move Schoonmaker, do it. And then Peyton Hendershot, man, he could be cut for next to nothing. If any, he just kind of helps out in the slot. He's like a Anthony Ferkser, Cameron Brait type slot only tight end. Just, you know, he would need somebody to really believe in him and, and pick him up and and make him the guy there. So uh, everybody just tuning in. Thanks for popping in. We're going through all the teams in the NFC East. If you look at this chart here, green means they're locked in both contract and the uh, and their role. White means they're free agents. Yellow means they're locked into the team, but their role might not be safe. And red means they could be cut or traded. That's what we're doing here today. We're going through all the teams in the NFC East. We just did the Dallas Cowboys. Real quick, before we get to the next team, I just want to talk to you guys about something we're doing right now at Fantasy Alarm uh, for the Super Bowl, for the big game. We've got some uh, a pick'em contest set up right now. Uh, so we've set up a pick'em contest with uh, Better Edge right here. QR card there, and it's actually free. So if you go sign up over at Better Edge, uh, use promo code ALARM and use this QR code and, and get set up, it's a free contest. All you do is pick some, some props for the game, and you could win a autographed Jordan Addison jersey. We actually just gave away with the last one a uh, – sorry, it's a Jordan Addison picture. We did a, a jersey last time. So you can win an autographed a Jordan Addison uh, picture for free just by signing up with our – contest over at better edge right now so can't be free man get signed up pick some games you know i did mine last time I, they won't let me win so if i win it goes to whoever comes to second place or whatever but last time i got crushed i think i came in like 114th and the thing is when i looked at it you know there weren't like a huge number of people in so your odds are actually pretty good at winning so go check that out now over at better edge use promo code alarm get set up right now so use that QR card right on the screen. You can get set up and get in and potentially win some some moolah. The uh, link is also in the description. So there you go. Check that out, gang. All right, enough of that. Next team here, let's take a little peek at the Eagles. And the Eagles are a tough one, man. If you're a fan of a team like this, it, it really puts you in a tough spot because it's so hard as a fan to realize that only one team gets to win the Super Bowl. 31 teams are going to lose, and the because it's a, such a small sample size game, the difference between the team that wins and the team that loses is all, honestly not that much. Like this team could have won the Super Bowl. It's it's so hard to acknowledge that you could have had the best team, you could have won. Things just didn't break your way. You know what I mean? I've seen uh, the Patriots lose on a helmet catch, right? Like that could have changed the trajectory of Eli Manning's entire career. I've seen the Patriots win on the tuck rule. Right. Like I've seen and those. That's my team. You know, it's like these things happen. And it's so hard to sit back and say, hey, you know what? We lost, but we have a lot of the pieces that we need to win the Super Bowl. And that's what the Eagles are. Right. You have Jalen Hurts. That's awesome. He's under contract. He's a great player. Right. You don't have to worry about it. What you do have to worry about is you need a backup quarterback behind. Him, right. Because of. Not only how, I mean, across the board, quarterbacks are getting hurt like crazy this year. And it wasn't just mobile quarterbacks, but mobile quarterbacks obviously put themselves in a position to get hurt more often. I know people talk about like 
Lamar Jackson getting hurt more in the pocket than when he scrambles around. But Lamar Jackson, because of the way that he plays, like think about these strong, tough guys. The guys like Eli Manning that throw it away early, Tom Brady, those are the guys that play like a really long time. The guys that hang in the pocket and take the hits like Big Ben Roethlisberger and Matt Stafford and Tony Romo, the guys pulling the spin moves and, and trying to be the big man and trying to throw it with somebody hanging all over them, those are the guys that get hurt. And Lamar Jackson has that mentality. So and when, when Lamar Jackson very rarely throws it away. So it's not just about running. It's about your mentality, like the willingness to throw it away. And Jalen Hurts is kind of cut from the same cloth. Right. So you got to have a viable backup. Marcus Mariota, if they can retain him, that would be nice. He's an unrestricted free agent. So he has to decide if he wants to be the backup on a champion caliber squad or if he wants to go and try and compete to be the starting quarterback of some of these teams. I mean, some of the teams like the Titans and the Falcons that are looking for quarterbacks potentially, well, not, not the Titans because they have Will Levis, but the Falcons, I mean, they're not going to go for Mariota. They already had that. They already took that opportunity. So he, at this stage, he probably is a backup. Tanner McKee is just a, you know, they picked him out of Stanford. You know, he's was an interesting prospect, but fell in the draft and he's just kind of hanging around whether they keep him or not. It is what it is, but I'm not just sure. I'm not sure you want to go into the season as a team trying to win the Super Bowl saying if, if Jalen Hurts gets hurt, Tanner McKee's the guy like can Tanner McKee keep the boat afloat for two or three games. If something happens, you need to have that guy right now, right? You, you just need to win a couple games. He doesn't need to go Joe Flacco mode and potentially take you deep in the Super Bowl, but. I don't know if Tanner McKee's that guy. So uh, for this team, if they don't get, uh, you know, if they don't keep Marcus Mariota, then I would see them trying to bring in a Jacoby Brissett, Tyrod, you know, Drew Luck, Tyler Huntley, right? Exactly same job he did for the Ravens. Though if he's going to do that job, he probably will just do it for the Ravens. But I don't know. Those are some names. Uh, at running back, this is where they have a hole, right? Because I said they have a lot of great pieces. They have Jalen Hurts. They have A.J. Brown. They have Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard. At running back is where they're going to have to make a decision, right? DeAndre Swift had 1,000 yards. Was it amazing? I don't know. But they could bring him back. If they can bring him back at a decent deal, that he'll be the starting running back for the Eagles, and that's always a good spot for fantasy football, right? So you got to hold on to DeAndre Swift if you have him. This team, again, because they have DeAndre Swift as an option, they're not going to go – for like a mid-tier guy. So they're either going to piece it together like they did this year with high-risk options, right, or they're going to go big. It would be fun to see them go out and get Saquon Barkley or Josh Jacobs or Derrick Henry or somebody and go big, right? That would be awesome. On the flip side, maybe they do take some of those, like, I don't know, high-risk journeymen like a J.K. Dobbins or a Zach Moss. You know, Gus Edwards, A.J. Dillon, and just piece it together that way with Kenneth Gainwell as a pass down back and maybe like an A.J. Dillon or a Gus Edwards as the rundown back. That could be the way they go. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, I personally – I would love to see them go after a big dog. It would be cool, especially like a Derrick Henry. Do run in the RPO with Jalen Hurts, Trebon. That would be a beautiful thing. So that's what I'm hoping they do. But we'll have to see on that. Boston Scott's a free agent. Uh, but, you know, he could be back – um, I mean, he, he familiarity, familiarity with the team, his contributions in the return game, and the fact that he destroys the Giants whenever they play him. I mean, that that could be enough to bring Boston Scott back if you can bring him back on a decent deal. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's all about the top end for this team. Is it Swift or do they go out and get a big dog in free agency, or maybe they'll draft somebody? We'll have to see. But it's not a, it's not an amazing draft class for running backs, so uh, might have to uh, figure it out in free agency. At wide receiver, AJ Brown and Devonta Smith. 
locked in. Got to be happy with those two guys, man. The question is what happens at slot, right? Last couple of years, it's been Quez Watkins. They've, you know, tried all the media Zacchaeus. They tried Julio Jones. Uh, you know, uh, Britton Covey, he, he doesn't really – it doesn't really matter whether he's on the team or not, to be honest. Like he's just a death piece, but like all those guys are free agents. And I just sit back and I say, okay, maybe it's Quez Watkins. You know, maybe you bring, bring Julio Jones back just as like a guy that plays every once in a while, but they need like a real full. And the thing is maybe they don't even need a real full-time slot guy because you, you throw so much to AJ Brown and Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard. You don't need to go crazy bringing in a high end guy because there's not really enough targets to go around to everybody. That's the thing is that like if you bring you go out and pay Marquise Brown or Calvin Ridley, who are the targets coming from? Right. They almost just need the best guy that can block or whatever or just whoever to fill that role, like a Tyler Boyd or Quez Watkins, you know, So or maybe they go through the draft. But I don't think they should go crazy trying to get like they're not going to win because they bring in some special slot guy. They have other they have other holes they need to fill like linebackers. Right. So like. That's my thought process there. Dallas Goddard, to me, is a guy that I'm looking to sell, to be honest, because in Dynasty, he's never actually been – he's never actually finished where we think he is. Like we, we we rank him like top five, six, seven every year, and he never finishes higher than, than seven or eight or nine. He's been hurt five years in a row. Over the last four seasons, and this is the biggest misconception, is people think, oh, Dallas Goddard, he's big. He's a he's an end zone, red zone target. He's really not. He only has 11 end zone targets total over the last four years. Donald Parham, this year alone, had like eight. And there's a bunch of guys that start that had double digits just this year, right? The, the year that, and we're talking the last four years, the year that he had the most was four years ago when Carson Wentz was the quarterback and he had four. Right, he's two or three end zone targets for this guy a year. He's not a big end zone touchdown scoring guy. So Dallas Goddard really isn't the guy that you think he is from that standpoint. He lives on screens, tight end screens is what this guy does. He's like Evan Engram does the same kind of thing, except Engram got way more targets and screens than him. He's the third target on the team and only really has upside if AJ Brown or Devonta Smith get hurt. So right now I'm looking to sell Dallas Goddard in Dynasty. To be honest, like. He's very safe and boring, and maybe in full PPR, he ranks higher than he does in half PPR and standard. But, yeah, I'm moving on, man. Uh, as for the rest of the tight end depth chart, just rounding it out with what they want to do, I was looking at Jack Stoll, and I'm thinking, okay, he's a restricted free agent. So technically a free agent, but they could bring him back on a restricted free agent tender. And I'm looking at this year's, and it's $2.8 million. And I'm like, do you want to pay Jack Stoll that? And then the more I think about it, Jack Stoll does play quite a bit for this team. And the other guys, when you look at the other guys making that kind of money or more than that kind of money, we're talking like Ian Thomas, Moelle Cox, Chris Mannertz, Ryan Griffin. Like it actually doesn't sound like a bad deal for Jack Stoll. So instead of personally, instead of paying him $2.8 million on a restricted free agent deal, I would try and work out a deal for a couple of years for him closer to like two mil a year, two and a half mil a year and say like, hey, instead of one year, 2.8 mil, let's do two or three years at two mil a year, you know, three years, six mil to bring back a blocking tight end, a good blocking tight end and, and just get it done and figure it out. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I don't see why they wouldn't do that. Grant uh, Calcaterra, I expect him to be back as well. He's under contract on a rookie deal. And this dude played on five, count them, five different special teams units, all of them. 
right? So it's like, why not bring that guy back? No reason not to. The guy that's not showing up on the chart here that's likely out, Albert Akwe-Bunum, I just, I didn't put him on, I didn't go to the fourth level on these charts just because it's annoying, right? It just, it, it makes it too, it, it makes it difficult to read. And Alberto, I think is going to be gone, to be honest. Like he's completely unrestricted free agent. They have the easily three guys that they like. If they don't bring back Jack Stoll, they're blocking tight ends lying all over the ground, you know, the Drew Samples of the world and all these guys. So uh, it's really, there's no reason to bring back Alberto. Hopefully he catches on somewhere else and does a little something, something because he is an athletic tight end. And, uh, you know, I'm still hang. I always hang on to athletic tight ends like that with that run like four or five forties because you never know, right? Again, we've seen these guys bounce around. You just need to find the right landing spot and the right person. But I, I hope he doesn't hang around with the Eagles because he didn't really play, right? Dallas Goddard locked in. So that's about it for the Eagles, man. I th- just think a little bit of retooling and they're right back in it. I want to see them go in at running back. I don't really care if they go in at slot. That's it. Uh, again, in between here, try and make this quick for you guys. But we do have a lot of fun stuff for the Super Bowl. You know, we're talking dynasty stuff here. We're talking uh, fantasy football, stuff that I love. I mean, I've been, we've been talking about this one game all week. And it is the big game, you know, and it does decide who the winner is. But there is one way to make it a lot more fun for yourself, and that's a Super Bowl tradition, which is squares, right? You have to go out and get yourself some squares. Uh, Normal squares, though, are kind of boring, in my opinion. It's just like random, oh, what did I get? What happens next? We actually have a cool uh, contest that we teamed up to do that has a little more gamesmanship in it. Uh, QR code is right here for it. Uh, It's on Better Edge as well, so if you're already set up, to do the other contest, the free one to get the Jordan Addison uh, autograph picture, then you might as well just do this one too. It's it's super cool. It's called auction squares. And what it is, is instead of picking the square and then you just get a random number, you can actually bid on the numbers you want, right? So it's like, we all know that zero, zero is one of the best ones, three, zero, those type ones, but you can buy some of the other ones for as low as $1, right? And the more money that's in the pot, the more money goes out to the winner. So if you go and they say, like, oh, I'm going to throw a buck on 7-2, or I'm going to throw a buck on like 8-2, which is like, you know, very rare, but it does happen sometimes, then you might win a huge pot with only a buck because not everybody's putting in a buck. Some of the ones, like 0-0 zero, zero is going to go for probably a lot of money. I don't know. Uh, the minimum you can win is 500. So no matter what, there's going to be at least 500 in there. But if the pot goes higher than 500, you could potentially win more. So use this QR code, get set up, with promo code alarm and play auction squares with us over at better edge is going to be a lot of fun. I can actually play this one because it's like a pool, right? So I can get in. I want to get in and play this one. This one's going to be cool. I can't win the Jordan Addison thing, but I can win this one. So I'm being there bidding up. I'm, I've been listening to the Sirius XM show with Howard Bender and Jim. So I can find out what Howard's final score prediction is and just slowly start bidding that up. So keep an ear out for that. I'm not giving mine out until the last minute. Uh, but I'll be in there. So that's super cool. Auction squares. Check that out, man. Uh, all right. Next team here. Why don't we do the Giants? Let's do the Giants and then we'll come around to Washington. Giants are in a very, very interesting situation at quarterback here because they gave this big contract to Daniel Jones. I didn't want them to do it. I was pretty adamant about that. You can go through quick outs and alarm fantasy football and pretty much everything I've said going back to the Evan Engram days that like I just don't trust this guy as a pass thrower. I think he's a decent runner, but like giving him the bag after one year, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option, meaning they were kind of on the outs on him, and then they turned around after one year where he threw like, what, 14 touchdown passes? 
and 11 picks or something. Like, it was just like he hasn't thrown, he threw 24 touchdown passes as a rookie, and the last couple of years it's been like 10, 11, 12. I mean, like, good lord. And then they turned around, gave this guy the bag. And now, kind of the worst case situation here is that like he gets hurt. And if he gets hurt next year, then it's even worse because you know you have all these things the in the contract that makes their money guaranteed if they get hurt. It's why the Raiders benched Derek Carr the year before last. It's why the the Broncos benched Russell Wilson this year because if Russell Wilson got hurt, a bunch of that money gets locked in and becomes guaranteed. I mean, they're already committed to Daniel Jones, but now it's like they're questioning whether Jones is going to be the guy. He's coming off this crazy knee injury, so he might not be ready to go or at full speed to start the season. And they don't have a high draft pick, so it's not like they can go out and draft a high-end prospect either. So very tough situation. And Tommy DeVito is not the guy. I'm sorry. As much fun as it is, you know what I mean? He's not the dude. And Tyra Taylor isn't either. I mean, like Taylor is a good coach-on-the-field type backup guy that will get another gig somewhere else, maybe even, maybe even compete. But he's not the guy. So I say you let him walk. Here's what I would do. This is what I'm doing if I'm running the Giants is I look at Daniel Jones and we don't know if this is the dude or not, right? With Evan Ingram, he was a top five tight end with Eli Manning. With Daniel Jones, he was nada. And then last two years with Trevor Lawrence, he's been a top five tight end. So we at least have one kind of reference point here that makes me say, hmm, that's kind of weird that this guy is very good with these other quarterbacks, top five. And with Daniel Jones for multiple years, he was not. You know what I mean? Play calling, whatever could be part of it too. But we don't know what kind of guy Daniel Jones really is. So I would go out and try and grab one of these like mid-tier free agents and put them in the room with Daniel Daniel Jones, right? And say, okay, is Daniel Jones that much better than this player, right? So I'm talking like go out and get a journeyman, a Gardner Minshew or Drew Locke, Sam Darnold, Tyler Huntley, right? Like Drew Locke, man, he had a he looked good, man. He looked good, and you get him for cheap and put him in the same room as Daniel Jones. And if it's even close between these guys, if if you bring in Gardner Minshew and he is putting the screws to Daniel Jones in the competition, you might not find out that, Dan, that Gardner Minshew is your guy. What you might find out is that neither one is, and that's actually great information to have. If you if you find out that Gardner Daniel Jones isn't that much better than Gardner Minshew, now you can say, oh, whoops, you know. Brian, uh, you know, Brian Dable is a great coach, and that's why Daniel Jones was able to run the ball for 700 yards. It's not because he's Josh Allen. It's because we have a great coach. And now you go out and you get the next guy, and then you're awesome. I mean, it happened with the Chiefs. It, it, the same situation happened with the Chiefs where they had Andy Reid and they had Alex Smith, and they were winning 12, 14 games and going to the playoffs, and they couldn't get it done because Alex Smith was just okay. Right, he was even slightly better than okay. But Andy Reid's a great coach. When you get a great coach with a great quarterback, then great things happen. And that could be the case with the Giants, where Brian Dable was such a good coach that Daniel Jones in the first year looked good, and then they made the mistake of paying a lot of money. And you can still get out of it. You can still get out of that. So for this one year, I say you bring in a Minshew or Drew Locke or Sam Darnold or something like that, and you uh, maybe even draft like a mid-tier quarterback in free agency. Ha- keep, have, they have Jacob Eason technically as an exclusive rights free agent where he can be kept for a song. Maybe you keep him around. I don't know. But you go out and you you do that. You know, third or fourth round, fifth round quarterback to compete with all these guys, and you see what you got. If Daniel Jones is that much better than all those guys, maybe you stick with Daniel Jones. And if he's not, then he's not, and you learn something. So that's it. That's my Daniel Jones, you know, Drew Lock rant for today. I have running back. This is an interesting one. I mean, I this year I think they have to do kind of a bridge year. They're not going to win, dude. 
I think they thought maybe they could win this past year. You bring back Barkley, you bring in Darren Waller. You're not going to win with Daniel Jones coming off a torn up knee. It's just, it's not going to happen. So if you're not going to bring back Saquon Barkley, it would be insulting to go out and sign Josh Jacobs. So I think that with, and you're not going to sign, not competing now, you're not going to sign older guys like Derrick Henry or Austin Eckler. So I think the whole top tier of guys is out the window for this team. You just, there's no reason to do it. Right. I think they just piece it together and just get through the year. Whether they bring back Matt Breida or they just lean on Gary Brightwell and Eric Gray. Uh, Gary Brightwell plays a ton of special teams, so he'll probably be back. Eric Gray's on a rookie deal. He's not on the chart because, yeah, again, I don't like having four players on the chart. What, what do you want me to tell you? I don't like it. So, uh, But Eric Gray, kind of interesting. If they do go with a rookie, just a full skeleton crew, maybe Gary Brightwell and Eric Gray get a bunch of carries and. And if that happens, I would turn around and sell Eric Gray and your dynasty team immediately. I mean, the moment it's announced that Saquon Barkley isn't coming back, you should probably sell Eric Gray for anything you can get for him. Um, that's my thought process on running backs drafted in that range. If they are going to bring in some guys, I say they go with, again, full reclamation projects, right? Like just bring in some of the younger guys or mid, mid-20s guys, if possible, 25 or under, and see if hey, you know what? See if a guy catches on and if he's cool, right? Better boss in the chat. Great example, Damian Harris. Yeah, like a Damian Harris and say, hey, you know what? Maybe this guy with us, he can figure something out. Maybe J.K. Dobbins, right? Injuries kind of derailed him. He's going to be a free agent. The the Ravens can't trust him, so they're going to maybe let him walk. You know, DeAndre Swift or Antonio Gibson, right? Antonio Gibson's still only twenty four, and he returns kicks. You know, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, AJ Dillon. I don't know. Get creative, right? Give give somebody a shot, see if, if it can be different. And Jack, I actually the thing is I'm not bashing Eric Gray when I say trade him. I think if you grabbed Eric Gray, you did a great job, right? Because you knew that Saquon Barkley could be gone, right? So like this is how you if you have to pick day three players, then go for the ones that could get themselves a role in the short term so that you can trade them. Preston Williams, pick and flip. Boom shakalaka, Keelan Cole, Robert Foster. We've been doing it with these guys all along the way. The one time it didn't work was Amon Ross St. Brown, where they they did tank and he did get a bunch of usage, but and you, then you trade that guy. But it turns out that he's actually a super mega star and everybody just missed on him in the draft. But if you do that enough consistently with these type guys, you'll get more back than you lost. Like if you go through the entire list of guys we've been saying to do that with. Like I said, Keelan Cole, Robert Foster, Preston Williams, Terrell Pryor on that skeleton crew, Kenny Britt on the Rams skeleton crew, uh, you know, I mean, Darnell Mooney, Jacoby Myers. Like even these guys that did a little something, if you took all those day day three guys and moved them when they were hot, then you would have got back so many first, second, third round picks. Even the third round picks, you know, Aaron Jones, Chris Godwin, those guys all came from the third round. Terry McCorn was a third round pick for me in one of my leagues. Like you could have got so much back that it's worth it to just flip those guys. Even if you every once in a while you do, you know, one of the guys somehow against all odds turns out to be Adam Thielen. You know what I mean? Like that came out of undrafted free agent, came out of nowhere. Like the hit rate on those guys is like 5%. So you're doing yourself a big favor. Uh, yeah, so that's the way to go. Travion Williams, another good one. He also returns kicks, better boss. Like you, you got to have somebody returning kicks. That's that's the most underrated part of why a lot of these guys make these rosters or not. Uh, Toronto Dave, what up, TD? Shout out to the Toronto area. Good to see you in here, brother. All right. Uh, so wide receivers with this team. Again, I talk about Evan Engram. You don't even really know what you have because you don't know if Daniel Jones is really any good or not. If this guy's throwing like 10 touchdown passes a year, 15 max, how do you know if these guys are good or not? 
Jalen Hyatt won the Fred Bolitnikoff Award for being the best wide receiver in all of college football. That happened. The list of guys that are that have won that award are spectacular. We're talking like Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, super mega stars only. So like he could be good. He could end up just being a field stretcher, but at least his role is probably pretty safe in that. Wanda Robinson, second round pick, played with Will Levis at Kentucky. Like, I like this guy. The question with him is, is he just going to be a slot guy, like a Tyler Boyd that only plays slot? Or can he graduate to being a full-time guy that plays slot uh, in three wide receiver sets and plays flanker in two wide receiver sets, like a Keenan Allen or a Cooper Cup? I mean, right now he's playing 70% of his snaps in the slot, so that's kind of his job. And that's because Darius Slayton is the full-time guy, playing like 90 95% of the snaps at times. So to me, Darius Slayton, he's under contract. I just don't trust the talent long-term. Like is Darius Slayton awesome or is he just like the only veteran that is reliable on this team, right? Like I think that's just the case. Like they looked and said, man, these young guys aren't ready. So we just have to use Darius a ton. Darius to me, that makes him the guy that is simultaneously the most likely to be the top wide receiver on this team and also the most likely guy to get replaced. Because if they want to go with the young guys and bring in somebody else, Darius Slayton would be the first one to get replaced. But if they just roll with it in a ghost ship year, Darius Slayton might be playing 90, 95% of the snaps again. So if you have really deep leagues with a lot of roster spots and a lot of starting spots, like four or five flexes, maybe there is a world where you're starting Darius Slayton. But no team that's actually competing for for a championship in like a 10 or 12 team dynasty league is starting Darius Slayton. So if you can sell Darius Slayton for anything, I would go ahead and do that's yeah, that's where it is. And you stash Jalen Hyatt and you stash Wanda Robinson. Isaiah Hodgins, I already told everybody to trade him. I got a lot of pushback on that, specifically from our friend Dustin, who is a Bills fan and an Isaiah Hodgins fan. But I said, this guy, man, this profile, it doesn't pan out typically, man. Undrafted free agent guy that's filling in because guys are hurt, right? I said, you got to move on from this guy. I think specifically what I said is that the people that love Isaiah Hodgins probably have an attic full of Travis Fulgham cards. And that kind of proved to be the case. Like he just didn't play much. He didn't do a whole lot. And I just, I don't even think he makes the roster again this year, this year coming around. So you got to, I mean, I don't think you can sell him at this point. You should have done it a while ago. Uh, Gunnar Olszewski, we know who that is. He's going to make, if he's going to make the team, it's going to be because he returns punts. And if he doesn't, then he's going to be somewhere else probably returning punts. He's an unrestricted free agent. Sterling Shepard, very sad tale a guy that I liked a lot, really good hands out of the slot, but one of the most unlucky guys because, you know, tore his ACL, tore an Achilles, and now he's, you know, getting up there. He's like almost 30. When he's healthy, he would get like 10, 12 targets a game. It was crazy, but just a guy that can't stay healthy. I hope he goes somewhere else and just gets a fresh start, you know, to try and make a team and play some slots somewhere. I don't know, maybe the Eagles, right? They need a slot guy. So, but yeah, he just – Injury bug has kind of destroyed his career here, man. And then Bryce Ford Wheaton, just another one of those guys that, first of all, annoys me because I had to make his font smaller on this chart because his name is so long. So he's already in my doghouse for that. But he's also an undrafted free agent. We talked about those guys. They can be cut for nothing. 800K in savings, no dead cap. So there's he has the benefit of technically being under contract and having been around the team, but he needs to make the team from scratch and we'll have to see if that happens. So uh, there you go uh, at tight end. Just to wrap this team up, Darren Waller, very interesting. He could technically be released uh, if they release him 
it will be for 6.2 million in savings, 7.8 million in dead cap. We've seen that that puts him like right on the line where it could go either way. You know, they they could let this guy go, they could keep him. If they do keep him, I'll once again be interested in fantasy football. I will go to the Looney bin with Darren Waller. And you can come with me if you want, but you don't have to. Because this guy has what has been described as a uh, a, a genetics hamstring issue, right? I'm sure there's a better way to say it, but it's like it's it's a it's an issue that, and Cooper Cup might be dealing with something similar, where it's the the way his body is made up. He's going to continue having these hamstring issues, and now there's like scar tissue and all this stuff where he's very dangerous. But here's my thought process in Dynasty. Right in dynasty, it's totally different from redraft because you can go out and trade as many picks and players and things you want to get as deep of a team as you want. So I have no problem having Keenan Allen and Darren Waller on my team because when they're healthy, I start them, and when they're injured, I start someone else. Right? My teams are loaded up with good tight ends. I have a I have a problem of having too many good tight ends and no one wants to trade for them. So I have a tough time deciding who to start each week, but. Unlike in redraft, where you just kind of draft one tight end and then you know figure it out later if you're if you're that kind of person, then it's hard to draft a guy you can't trust. But in dynasty, if you have Darren Waller, you just go and get somebody else as your backup and say, oh, if Darren Waller gets hurt, I start this other guy. But you still get all the good games from Darren Waller. So I'm gonna stick with it, man. I'm in. I'm buying. Call me crazy, but tight end is a position that I've had the most success with. You know, I'm telling you that Darren Waller. You're there's so many boring middle of the pack guys in the glob of tight ends that you might as well go for a guy that when healthy is the top target on his team. There's not a lot of those guys out there. And if he gets hurt, then we'll just figure it out. We do every year. We just invent tight ends, you know, wherever the Trey McBride's and the Sam Laporta's and whoever we got to do, you know, Logan Thomas and Evan Ingram and Mark Andrews and all these guys that came out of nowhere that now are household names, but for a long time you could get them for free. George Kittle was a fifth round pick. He was he was on waivers in every single league. Nobody drafted George Kittle in Dynasty. You added him off waivers. And we'll we'll find those guys. So don't worry about that. Darren Waller, go out and get him. Uh, Daniel Bellinger, uh, he's a reliable blocking tight end. And if and if Waller gets hurt, he can step in. So he's locked on in this team. After that, you know, Lawrence Cager, restricted free agent. I doubt they spend two, $2.8 bucks to keep him. So he's probably gone. Uh, Tyree Jackson, also restricted free agent, also not going to spend $3 bucks to keep him. So if they can work out long-term deals with those guys to keep him around, fine. Uh, Tyree Jackson is a converted QB. We always like that thought process for Dynasty. If I'm the Giants, what I do is I look at Darren Waller and I say, okay, this guy gets hurt all the time. Who can we get for cheap that can play a slot wide receiver Darren Waller type role? You know, the options out there are like Mike Gusecki, uh, Tanner Hudson's a restricted free agent, Jesper Horstead uh, is a little more athletic than his name would lead you to believe, Shane Zilstra, restricted free agent, Zach Kuntz. You know, like anybody that can play slot, you know, it's if you have Darren Waller, you have to have somebody ready to rock and roll. And it might just be you just grow with Daniel Bellinger. But if they're going to use him at wide receiver like they did, then you might want to have a guy like that floating around. So uh, that's the Giants. That's the Giants. Before I get to this last team, I'm, I am I talk all about Dynasty, like a ton about Dynasty. And the thing with Dynasty is that it's so hard to get a good to to get a good league going like it's very difficult to get all these friends 
that are going to be paying attention or they're going to stick with it and they're not going to say, oh, I don't want to play anymore. My team stinks. Find somebody else next year. Like, and, and then you're collecting dues and then you're getting in arguments and you're arguing with people on Twitter about dues. Like we've seen too much of that going on. So it's, it's very difficult. And what happens is you find like five or six good people that want to play and then you, and then you don't have enough people and you fill the league with a bunch of weirdos. So what I like doing honestly at this stage is if I'm going to play dynasty, I want to play on a nice, clean, serious, professional site and i go to ffpc to play right ffpc has never had a league fold eric bachman over there told me that he's like we just if somebody has to leave a league we just fill it so your option is you can go and do a startup and like uh you know like jack said in the chat you you start it and then you go and you uh you you figure out who you're gonna take from the top down and if you you want to do like a long rebuild or you know a, a long-term team or if you want to try and win right away and get a bunch of vets you can do that or you can adopt an orphan team and with that you go out and somebody quit and you and that's so much fun because then you you take their team and you you have all these guys that you like but then you have all of these guys that they had that you don't like and that's actually way more fun because then you can trade all those guys and it's so much fun to trade like when i go to orphan teams i used to say oh i'm not going to take this team because all the players i don't like them I only want players I do like, but I've realized that it's actually more fun to take the teams that have a couple guys you really like and a couple guys that everyone else likes that you don't like and then trade them. Like go and grab an orphan team like Gabe Davis and then trade him to some Gabe Davis guy. So go do that now. Use the uh, You can use a, the QR code here or a link in the description or go to myffpc.com. Just make sure you use promo code COOP. When you get set up, they'll give you 25 bucks when you deposit 35 or more. And that's another thing. When you when you make a league with your friends, Coop isn't giving you 25 bucks, right? You have to you have to pay the full dues. This time you get a little discount. So yeah, go over there and and also for you maniacs out there, they do have high stakes leagues. So these leagues, if you want, you can go big time. I know some of the redraft leagues. I we we announced on this channel a redraft league that 10k buy-in. I'm not sure the dynasty ones go that high, but they go into the thousands. So if you want to take this real seriously and get crazy with it, do it. That's the place to do it. MyFFPC.com, promo code COOP, baby. Go get set up. So, yeah. All right, last team here. Let's get into the Washington Commanders. Washington Commanders, last squad here. And, again, this is this whole thing we're doing on this show, this, like hanging around and, and, and taking this stuff seriously is how you crush in Dynasty. Because you got to know who the next man up is, whether it's via injury or via free agency. And everyone's like looking around, doing all this, watching all this quote unquote film on rookies, being like, oh, I'm definitely going to totally draft this guy in my rookie draft with my two picks that I have. Like a lot of times in rookie drafts, you don't get to just go and get whoever you want. Like if you pick eighth, doesn't matter how much film you watch on Brock Bowers, you're not going to get Brock Bowers. All right. Unless you trade up and do all sorts of stuff. Like and and by the time that comes around, and and people don't like hearing this, but by the time the draft comes around, there's so much information out there that the rookie rankings are what they are, and they're usually pretty good. Like my rookie rankings, I, I don't need to watch 75 hours of film to have very good rookie rankings. Like I do watch film because I, I I like to get into it and it's fun. But like that part of Dynasty is so overblown. This part where you where you sell assets before they blow up or you buy assets before free agency comes around and they get elevated on a team or sign with a new team that's where the real advantages are created i can't believe more people don't focus on this part of it they just shiny rookies are so much fun that's what they care about this is where dynasty leagues are won right so that's why we get in and do the deep and dirty work here 
so let's get into the commanders. Sam Howell, honestly, I had I was a guy that was off Sam Howell, but uh I just I don't he never got a fair shake, honestly. Like they had so much cap they were rolling forward. They didn't go crazy, you know, getting him extra weapons. They traded away two key pieces of the defense midseason, right? In Montez Sweat and Chase Young. Like this new regime, they were going to put their stamp on this organization by picking a quarterback. And Sam Howell, you know, like many fourth and fifth round picks, that's what happened. So that's why I was in favor of trading these guys. I always try and trade these guys like Desmond Ritter and Davis Mills and Sam Howell because the odds of them succeeding are incredibly low. The best. Over the last 40 years, the best third round, third round quarterback is Russell Wilson. And the next best are like Chandler, Chris Chandler and Matt Schaub. And that's in the third round. For every time there's a Dak Prescott or Kirk Cousins, there are a million guys that do nothing from the fourth and fifth and sixth rounds, right? Like Brock Purdy is a miracle. Miracle. So like if quarterbacks aren't drafted in the first round, I'm usually not that interested. Second round, maybe. You get you some more hits in the second round. Third round. Forget it, dude. Sam Howell was always climbing an insane uphill battle. And now they're going to, with the second pick, draft Caleb Williams or Drake May or Jaden Daniels or wherever they feel like taking. And that guy's going to be the starting quarterback, and Sam Howell is going to be in the Davis Mills spot where he's the backup. And the only way he's going to be viable is somebody completely face plants whoever they take because he's under contract and they'll probably just want him to be the backup quarterback under contract. Unless he somehow like demands a trade and gets his way out of there, I don't think it's going to happen. So Jacoby Brissett, I let him walk. There's a lot of teams that could use a Jacoby Brissett. This team, when they draft a rookie quarterback, might probably not one. I mean, maybe they do want to go out and get a veteran to help with their young quarterback, but Jacoby Brissett's probably just going to be too expensive for that. You know, like he's kind of a competitor, man. Like you can go get like a Josh Johnson or a Blaine Gabbert, Matt Barkley, these guys that have been around and they know they're a backup and they have no interest in being the starter. That's kind of what you want. So uh, I can see that Jake from whatever, you know, he's uh they can keep him for very little. He's been bouncing around the practice squad, but you don't need to have that guy around. So uh, excited to see who they take and what's going to go on. I'm especially excited to see who they take because I'm a Patriots fan. So I hope they take the wrong player and then the, the right player goes third. You know, I hope they, it's like a, you know, Bryce Young versus CJ Stroud. But that's my personal fandom. From fantasy football standpoint, I hope they take a really good player because Terry McLaurin deserves it. I'm gonna skip running back real quick. Talk about wide receiver because Terry McLaurin, this guy, thousand years, no matter thousand yards, no matter who is quarterback. Like, I would love to see what Terry McLaurin looks like with a real quarterback. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like Andre Johnson played with terrible quarterbacks forever, and we never really got to see him play with a high end quarterback. I want to see Terry McLaurin play with a high end quarterback now. So I hope that whoever they take hits Terry McLaurin. He's a buy dynasty for sure. He's a good player. Same with like, I think Deontay Johnson, also another player that just had played with bad quarterbacks. And I think he's got bigger upside than that. So we like these guys, especially in PPR. John Dotson, very interesting player. I was not really, in, I'm not usually in on these type players because he's a contested catch guy and you need to have somebody willing to throw it up for grabs to a player like this, right? You look at uh, his rookie year and they were willing to chuck it up to him. He had 11 catches on 18 11 receptions on 18 contested catch opportunities, scored seven touchdowns, and he only played like 10 or 12 games, but they were willing to chuck it up to him. Sam Howell liked to run around, so he wasn't really a guy that's going to just take the snap and throw a fade ball and say, hey, you know, get it or don't get it to John Dotson. I mean, like that's just not his style of play. So he only had 
He only got caught four contested catches. He played the whole season, only caught four. The year before last, he played 10 games, caught 11. Just that style of quarterback isn't going to do that. So you need somebody who's willing to do that. Like, you know, Justin Herbert throwing it up to Mike Williams. The thing is, guys like this are usually much more valuable in best ball or, uh, you know, standard because they rely on big chunk plays and they rely on contested catches and they rely on touchdowns. And that's not as predictable week to week as a guy that's just getting peppered with targets. So John Dotson, you got to know your format, whether you're going to try and catch this falling knife or not. And again, if they bring in a third wide receiver, he could get, he could be the guy that gets pushed out and becomes a part-time player. You know, you have Terry McLaurin as a full-time guy, and then you have another guy that's kind of a smaller slot guy that, that stays out there all the time in two tight end sets. And then John Dotson comes out in three wide receiver sets and plays on the outside and pushes, you know, McLaurin or the other guy into the slot. Some teams do that. So I do worry a little bit. He was a first round pick. So I think you still hold on to him, see what happens. But, uh, you know, again, format specific. In full PPR, I think I would try and cash out on Dotson. Uh, rest of this depth chart, uh, you're going to have to have somebody returning kicks, right? So Byron Pringle can return kicks. Jamison Crowder ret- returned every single punt for this team. So if Jamison Crowder is gone, you need somebody to return punts. Curtis Samuel is an unrestricted free agent, and I couldn't believe it. I tweeted the other day. He's only 27 years old. He's been in the league for seven. He was such a young prospect. He's been in the league for seven years, and he's 27 years old. He's younger than Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin is 28. So Curtis Samuel is going to go somewhere and be a slot guy. Maybe this new regime likes him, and he's a slot guy here. But the reality is he's a Ron Rivera guy. He played for Ron Rivera with the with the Panthers. He played for Ron Rivera when Ron Rivera came to the Commanders. Now Ron Rivera is fired, and he's an unrestricted free agent. So if he's going to make the team, he has to make it on his merits alone. If Ron Rivera ends up somewhere, I wouldn't be surprised if Curtis Samuel also ended up there. But Curtis Samuel probably the best slot wide receiver on the free agent market. You know, it's like him, Tyler Boyd, unless you want to take like a Calvin Ridley or a Marquise Brown and move them into the slot. So Curtis Samuel is going to land somewhere. And I'm actually interested in Curtis Samuel for Dynasty. Like if I can get him for cheap and sneak him somewhere, he's only 27. He he can get some carries. He can do some creative stuff. The right quarterback. I mean, Curtis Samuel, if Curtis Samuel went to like Patrick Mahomes or something to play out of the slot. Yeah, boy. Uh, Byron Pringle, journeyman, had his chance with Patrick Mahomes, had his chance with the Bears. Again, kick returns. If that that if you're gonna make the team, it's because Antonio Gibson returned kicks and Gibson's gone. So that's the thing there. Uh, deep on this depth chart, you got Mitchell Tinsley and Dax Milne. Uh, I like Tinsley better. Tinsley made the team. If if I had if I wasn't a crazy deep dynasty league, which I am, and I had to pick between these two fellas, I would pick Tinsley because he made the team to play wide receiver. Dax Milne made the team because he can catch punts, not even return punts, just catch them. And he got hurt and and hurt his groin and missed like the whole year pretty much. So these guys could make the back end of the roster. Tinsley has the best shot of being a real wide receiver, though, of the two. So now we're getting into the real deep cuts here. I mean, we got like only a couple of minutes left here. I don't know. We're talking about Mitchell Tinsley a little too long. Uh, Brian Robinson at running back. He's green on the chart. The question for Brian Robinson, I was actually out on Brian Robinson and I was wrong. Like he proved that he can catch. I didn't think this guy could catch. Right. He had like no receptions the year before last. And this year he comes out, has a bunch. So the question with Brian Robinson isn't, is Brian Robinson, like, it's not, is he going to have a role? He's going to have a role. It's, does he have the full role, which is, would be awesome. With Antonio Gibson gone, like, he could just be the full every down back, and that'd be great for fantasy. Worst case, they bring in another pass catcher, and then Robinson's your early down back, and you have another pass catching back. 
you know, well, I guess technically worst case is this, this new regime goes crazy and signs Saquon Barkley or Josh Jacobs and completely vaporizes Brian Robinson, which is entirely possible. Well, they draft somebody high end pick, you know, and then, then you got real problems, but I don't know, Brian Robinson, I've come around on this player because I look around and I say, Hey, why not? What? Like at the very least you, you keep Antonio Gibson where you sign like a Ty Johnson, Ty Johnson can catch passes. He can return kicks, chase Edmonds, Dare, Agumba Wale, uh, Dare. Agumba Wale. That's JL Garofalo from Front Yard Fantasy, and, and BDG has that song permanently stuck in my head. But yeah, so I mean, you do something like that, or Chris Rodriguez can, you know, he can, he, you know, he's he he's not going to catch passes. He doesn't catch passes, but he'll make the team as the backup to Brian Robinson for early downs, and he, uh, he's on like multiple special teams units, so he'll be around. But, yeah, I mean, they could easily just bring in any pass catching back to complement Brian Robinson and then be good to go. So I'm not necessarily buying Brian Robinson, but, uh, you know, I think he might be undervalued, honestly. Uh, and last, to wrap up this this video, the tight end position, and I love this spot for tight end for, for Dynasty because Cliff Kingsbury uses – with his air raid, he often has multiple wide receiver spots and uses a tight end in one. An example would be 2021-2022 Zach Ertz. He played a ton of slaw, right? A ton of slaw, and he got he was getting six and a half targets a game essentially in that role, which is, I mean, that's all we need in this world. So if it's Logan Thomas, great. Logan Thomas can be released for six point five million in savings, only one point seven in dead cap. So. I mean, he after they gave him a bunch of money after his big breakout year, and he's just been injured and hasn't played up to standard. So maybe they do let go of Logan Thomas. If they keep Logan Thomas, I'll be interested in redraft, you know, just because of the system that Cliff Kingsbury runs. And if they don't keep him, John Bates is second on the depth chart here, but he's not going to move up into that role. He bought he blocked on like 70%. He played in line on 63% of his plays. He blocked on 23% of his pass plays. He is the blocking tight end. If they stick with who they have, Cole Turner actually goes into that Logan Thomas role. This is what we were talking about earlier with uh, with the, um, I think it was the, the, the Cowboys, Luke Schoomaker, that he's not going to all of a sudden be the pass catching guy. Cole Turner is that type of guy. He actually only blocked on 2.2% of his pass plays. He lined up at uh, in line only about 20% of the time, 25%, which is what Logan Thomas did. So Cole Turner, if Logan Thomas is cut and they don't bring anyone in, he moves into that role where he's playing that Zach Ertz type tight end role. Cole Turner, sneak him onto your bench, at least for this free agency period here. If you can make moves right now and Cole Turner's out there, put him on your last bench spot. And see what happens. If Logan Thomas gets cut and they don't add somebody, they don't draft somebody, you might just sneak through. If they keep Logan Thomas or they add somebody or they draft somebody or they trade for somebody, then you just cut them, right? So Cole Turner, very sneaky play. That's it, folks. Uh, we took it right up to the wire here. Just want to say thank you guys all for hanging out. Thank you for the listeners that listen on the podcast one. I try to shout people out if they come in and do it live, but we're trying to do it for the podcast too. The articles are all up at fantasyalarm.com, one on each team. We're going through all of them, getting you guys fired up and ready to rock and roll. Make sure you're set up with Better Edge right now to do our squares contest and do the contest for the free Jordan Addison picture that we're giving away, autographed Jordan Addison picture. Make sure if you want to play Dynasty, you're playing over myffpc.com. Use promo code COOP and uh, they'll give you 25 bucks when you deposit 35 or more. But that's it for me. We're out of here. On behalf of Fantasy Alarm, Matt Deutsch, everybody in the chat, have a good weekend and enjoy your Super Bowl.